welcome to uh, another edition of Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod. I think this is the 10th episode, isn't it? 10th episode? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah. We anniversary. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd get this far? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely no one. Um, right. So as usual, I'm Sean. I'm joined by Mike. How's things? Hello. Hello. Yeah, good, mate. Can't complain. Yourself? Yeah, blinding, blinding. Recording it 25 to 11 at night. That's how committed we are. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, I had people over, so uh, my fault. It's all right, mate. It's all right. You can. I'll let you off this time. Just this Helen, one Technically, Helen's fault. She invited people over. Always, always the partner thing. <laughs> um, I was things good weekend. Too much. Well, I went camping at the weekend, didn't I? And, uh, I think I said last week on the pod that it was due for rain. And um, I'm choking on a bit of cake. Um, even though, but uh, the sun was out the whole weekend. We got got there Friday. Tent straight up, straight on the beach. Friday and Saturday on the beach. Uh, a bit of swimming in the sea, and then um, tore down on Sunday, and uh, missed all the bad weather that came afterwards. So buzzing, yeah, couldn't complain yeah, at all. Yeah, you picked a good weekend. The end after I thought it was going to be a minging. How was your overtime? It was worse on Sunday with the hangover, mate. After saying on last week's pod that I was probably going to have a quiet weekend, I ended up going round to the uh, the mother-in-laws, and I was only planning a few beers. Go to work for six in the morning. I end up, I end up doing me my forfeit, my three eggs. That's done. Can't it's crack an egg. Pretty long enough. Yeah, you got shell in yours, didn't you? But yeah, I had shell and all sorts, mate. It was, it was, it was rank. Not gonna lie, it was rank. <laughs> um, end up doing failed attempt at shotgun uh, beer cans. I had end up drinking Jamaican, Jamaican like liqueur. Welsh gin, which was like pink, uh, Palmer Violet, absolute vile. Well, like them sweets, yeah, it was oh, rat, mate. rats, mate. Yeah, yeah, it was rats, mate. It was, it was horrible. I right? hated yeah. kids. So, I ended up having uh, end up having far too many drinks, but still made it in for work. Effort, just yeah, just like back in the day, mate. But um, <laughs> but I'm just I just can't handle it as, as well as I, I used to. So, got the hours in, had a few beers. After saying I was going to have a quiet one, yeah, one weekend I'll have a quiet one. <laughs> one weekend I'll have a quiet one. So when so, we were when we were camping, um, I got obviously because I'm going away for six months. Me, um, my mum, dad, uh, brother, his missus, and kid came. Or two kids, sorry, came and surprised us as well. And um, obviously, I didn't initially know they were coming, but then Paz was there as well, and obviously Paz can't keep a secret. So uh, he told me they were coming, and then they turned up the next day, like surprised. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Paz already told me." <sighs> classic Paz, classic Paz. I think for such an intelligent bloke, he's an absolute whopper. Eh? He's not a clue, is he? Not a clue. He, he is like he's Joey, isn't he? Yeah, it's Joey. Just the best way to describe him. What a melt! What a melt! Right, okay. So, so there's quite a bit of news to get through this week. Last couple of weeks we've been struggling, haven't we? But um, we'll go with the big ones first. You've got, uh, I suppose, from your side, John Barkley retiring. Yeah, gutted. Um, I'd like to have been able to for him to retire uh, on his own terms. Really, you know, you know, finishing with a game of rugby, getting clapped off at the end, 
you know, with a full crowd. Because uh, for me, he's a bit he's a bit of a Scottish legend. You know, seventy odd caps. I think three World Cups possibly. Um, he got overlooked, you know, a little bit with the 2015 World Cup with uh, when he was out of favour. Um, probably could and should have had a hundred caps really. Um, I think. I think he wanted a contract. I just don't think there was one out there that suited him, um, whether that was financially or whether it was close enough to home. I think he's got a few businesses now or a few, certainly a few interests back in um, in Scotland. So realistically, looking at teams, it could only be Edinburgh, Glasgow or Newcastle at a push that he could probably really have signed for. And um, obviously, there's not no budget for uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh, hence why Glasgow are barely signing anyone. And um, with Newcastle as well, obviously... Um, just got promoted, but they're not going to be playing any rugby until is it November. They'll start playing rugby for them. Is that when the new season starts? Yeah, they've got a big break, haven't they? Yeah, so you know, realistically, you know, it, it's it's an, it's a no go. So he he is retiring. Um, like he's had an unbelievable career. Um, you know, he's won uh, with Scarlets. He won the was it the Pro Twelve when he won it with Pro Scarlets? 12, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's won the Calcutta Cup and and various other things and um, just. Really good player. Um, whenever he speaks on, uh, when he's on TV as a pundit, comes across very, very well. Um, and yeah, really, really gutted to, to see him go. And it's a shame, like you say, he wasn't in front of a full crowd. Although um, Ugo Monia is trying to organise some Barbarians England game next year. So it, um, it's like a Barbarians in England legends or something like that. So he might get a game on there and get his opportunity to say goodbye then because I think it's going to be for retired players or something. Yeah, I mean, like for me, John Barkley. I always thought he was a decent player when he when he first kind of rose to prominence with the Killer Bees, wasn't it? Really, that's when he oh. kind of his name was starting to get about. But for me, I mean, obviously for me, when he was at the Scarlets, it was class. He ended up being the captain of the team. Um, yeah, proper. He was. He's probably one of the best. I won't say overseas signings, but obviously they, they count because he's Scottish. He's he's probably been one of the best signings for Welsh regions, to be honest. Yeah. He do, I mean, he, he played number eight for the Scarlets, which, you know, not necessarily his position. Um, no, class player. He's, he's, one, he's one of them. I know, he, I know he didn't make a Lions tour, but he was good enough to go on a Lions tour. It just didn't work out for him. I think, you know, if he'd have gone on a Lions tour, I don't think anyone would have said like, "Oh, he doesn't deserve to be there." You know, it he's, just... probably, he's probably in a. It's uh, probably around the time where there was that many. I mean, the problem is, there's that many good back rowers in and around his prime as well, there wasn't there? Yeah, of course, absolutely. It's, it's you know what I mean. I think it's unfortunate for most players, but I think like I think a lot, especially British Lions, over the years, the back row is one of the most hotly contested. Areas in the team, so yeah, he's been unlucky in that sense. But class player, yeah. used to love watching him play for Scarlets. I thought, I thought when he went to the Scarlets, he um, he improved as a player. I think it was great for the Scarlets because at that point, um, whatever happened between him and Vern, he wasn't playing for Scotland, was he? So he was in. I, 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 so opinion I've got on other. What I've heard about that, it wasn't necessarily him and Vern that fell out. It was uh, Scott Johnson that he fell out with. Hence why he left like Scotland completely and obviously went to Scarlets and was out of favour with Glasgow. Uh, it was something to do with Scott Scott Johnson rather than, than Vern Cotter, I think. There's a lot of people who say that about Scott Johnson. Yeah. 
It's so when he, with Barkley, when he when he's left, he's, he's re- obviously he's going to be writing, I think, for the Times now as part of the thing. So he's managed to uh, his first article that he's written for him. He's uh, he's uh, ruffled a few feathers. He's he's um, you know come out saying that obviously bits about player welfare and things need to be done for players when they're leaving the game, which I do agree with. But I think a little bit of it is a, a bit of clickbait as well, so I, I'm guessing, to try and obviously get people in. And I imagine he's probably going to have an autobiography coming out soon. I'm pretty sure he'll have some interesting stories to, to tell on that as well. But I think with him coming out and saying this, and um, who was it? Dylan Hartley came out and said stuff as well the other day. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, as I said, I was saying to you before, you know, as captains of their country or previous captains of the country, you know, they if they think that something's not right, I mean, like you say, maybe maybe they are the people to come out and say things because people may listen to them because of of the of what they've done in the game. And I, you mentioned on the um, the rugby pod, Danny Kerr apparently said something to uh, Eddie Jones about you know he'd rather be playing with the first team rather than playing with the the fringe players. You know he never got seen seen or heard from again. Whereas if he not said anything, could still be playing for England. You know maybe it was something he. He could have waited to say after his career or something. I don't know. It's it's it's, a, it's probably a difficult difficult thing to try and juggle. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think players should be looked after. Um, I mean, you look at um, Jack Clifford has retired. I think he was twenty five. He's retired from a shoulder injury. Talented player. You know, um, that's a guy there who's not even a, probably at the prime of his career, and he's having to retire from injury yeah. you know I mean Barkley and Hartley are, are lucky to have the careers they have had probably haven't gone out the way they wanted to obviously Hartley finished because of injury and Barkley obviously contracts or whatever probably the worst time ever to be of his age looking for a contract yeah and I, I mean I, I agree with him um, I, me personally I think it's probably because there's no repercussions for them saying anything. So it's it's easier now to retire to come out and go, listen, I'll just be honest now. Yeah. Um, I think Sam Warburton said something about it as well as book, maybe. Not necessarily kind of having digs, but obviously saying there's, there should be things for players, you know, because if you look at Sam Warburton, the injuries he's got through rugby just... It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. There's, it, there's a picture you can, if anyone wants to find it, if you go on the internet, there's a picture and it's just him stood there in his Wales kit and there's arrows going to every injury he's had. It was it was on a, was it not a documentary they did on Scrum 5 or BBC Two? Yeah, well, that, that, they did a documentary on him as well. So oh, it's just, it's mental. It's mental. So, yeah. um, looking enough, some of these players, I mean, the high profile players, you know, so they but you know, like you said, Barkley have something to go into. I'm sure he'll go into punditry, either radio or TV or somewhere down like. Because, like you say, seems like a pretty decent bloke. Seems quite intelligent. So I can't see him uh, not being able to find anything. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, anything else you've got? On your yeah. Time? So one of the other ones was Rory Hughes. Um, I think currently without a club at the moment. So he came out. He's had a dig at Rennie, uh, Dave Rennie, just saying when he was. Um, the Glasgow coach, you know, he used to basically just talk talked a load of lies to his face saying he was in his plans, but then never really had any any plans for him and, and rarely didn't play him. Just thought his man management was poor. And he also he went on loan to Leicester in January. I think he only played four games because then obviously COVID kicked in and he just said like the training was terrible, like just unstructured and 
and not good. Um, obviously, he's not. I think he's without a club at the moment, so we're looking for a club. Uh, so just for him to come out and say that, you know, obviously, um, Dave Rennie, very highly thought of coach. So to him come out and say that is, um, you know, I wasn't expecting that at all, really. Well, that's, that's quite sure. Maybe not the best thing to say if you're looking for a club as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> true. Like someone that rocks the boat. And then, yeah, that's what it looks like now, doesn't it? Uh, the last bit of news I've got was just um, so they're looking at reopening the Scotland uh, Scotland stadiums in Scotland from the 14th of September, and obviously um, the second seven, uh, 1872 game, which is a, a week on Friday. Um, that's the game they're hoping to be able to use as a test and maybe get up to about 700 fans in there, which a lot of Glasgow fans will say is like a sellout for Edinburgh anyway. So, Because uh, <laughs> they, they never feel more feel, do they? So um, that'll be interesting to see if that happens, to use it as a test. And then from the uh, 4th of September, you know, stadiums might get start seeing fans on a, on a more permanent basis, but obviously uh, restricted in how many people they're going to be. So that'll be interesting to look out for. Uh, but in terms of news, I think that's pretty much me, mate. Yeah, so like I, I think I heard or read something that they're hoping it's basically we're going to have rugby in August and then looking to start Pro 14 again in October, from what I've read. Yeah. But that's true because nothing else has really been announced. It seems like the international stuff's been sorted. These sort of games have been sorted, but nothing else has been said yet. So well, that, that's that's what I've read. Which would be which would be nice. You kind of get like nice little bit of a few games of rugby in, give them a break. Probably have a, a proper preseason behind it, and then um, and then start again. So, I mean, there's there's been a bit of uh, there's been a bit of uh, news floating about on obviously the on the region side, the Welsh region side. So we'll we'll hit the first one, the the, the big one that came out. There was an article on Wales Online. Um, Saying that Liam Williams had not agreed to the twenty five percent pay cut, and that if he doesn't decide, if he if he can't come to an agreement with the Scarlets, that he could, he's basically going to walk out, and he's already had contact from French and, and English clubs, which um, was quite a shock. I remember reading the article, and then obviously afterwards, he um, wherever I got it. He basically tweeted that it's utter bullshit. Yeah, i <laughs> Utter bullshit. And he wouldn't think anything different from Wales Online. So, to me, that sounds like he might just still be in talks. If he if he's coming out publicly saying it's utter bullshit, to me, it's a non-story. He's only just signed. I, I realise people are signing these new contracts for 25%. You know, He's discussed. I mean, the, the, the Scarlet's coach came out the other day and said, I don't know what he's been discussing. I don't deal with contracts. I just deal with the players. Um, he seems pretty happy. To me, Liam Williams saying that, you've just signed for the club and him, him coming out publicly on Twitter just saying it's a bullshit. I, to me, it's another story. I, I think eventually it all gets sorted out. I don't really I don't really think. I think he sold his house from when he was down south in... Um, with Saracens, I think he bought a new house anyway. So, yeah, a bit of a non-story. But following on from that, the same story about Sam Davis at the Dragons. Apparently, he's refused uh, the twenty-five percent cut and the new deal, and he looks to be leaving now. 
that same article's on Wales Online as well. So there's either some truth to it or it's bullshit. I think with the Sam Davis thing, we'll have to wait because he hasn't come out and said, stated anything publicly. So uh, there could be some more truth to that. So it so could my, be. My thing with that is uh, with Sam Davis, and I'm not obviously, I'm not, if, if it was true, I could see his point kind of with it because if he gets offered a decent deal in, say, England or even France, he's what, 26 now, is he? Probably around there, yeah. But he's, he's probably quite a bit down the pecking order for Wales. Um, so he's probably looking at it and going, well, I've got four or five number 10s in front of me here. So I'm not going to earn that extra money from playing with Wales. I'm going to lose 25% of my money now. I need to set myself up for the future. If I turn this down, I can get a deal in France, for example, earning more money. That's going to set me up for life. I could see if it was like that kind of, you know, he's thinking about, I need to set myself up financially in the future because I'm not really, realistically, I'm not going to get a game for Wales. So that's because yeah, that could be extra money. I suppose um, so. I, I can see it, but, you know, it is what it is. And in these times, you've got to look after number one at the end of the day, haven't you? Well, yeah, I mean, right now it's really up the wall. I mean, I suppose, I suppose he's down the pecking order, but he was, he was in the Six Nations squad. Uh, there's a new coach to impress now. Yeah, I, I can see. I see what you're saying about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was talk. It was talking. Bath are trying to, because basically Bath are trying to sign every number ten in the world, from Andre Pollard to Sam Davis to other players. His name, I think, just automatically got linked. But, but is it. Sam Davis going to play ahead of Reese Priestland? Yeah, but Reese Priestland's thirty-three now. Is he? Yeah, thirty-three. So. I don't think I, I don't think they've got Baffler's base. I don't think they've necessarily got a backup. I think Cameron Redpath could play ten, but he's more than twelve. Um, so yeah, that's one he, he's been linked with. Um, that's one to keep an eye on because, as we'll probably get into, because we are talking about the uh, the regions and the two Scottish teams, be a big loss for the Dragons because I think the Dragons have have signed very well, and I think. Between him and Roger Williams, they had a nice combination last year. He's a good player, Sam Davis. I, 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 just, I think he's good, yeah. He's a very good-looking player. He's a very good player. Obviously quite small, but, yeah, fantastic fantastic he's, player. Really. He's about Big he's player. very good on the front foot, about as good defensively as George Ford. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a big loss, like, but um, obviously we'll have to see with that one. The Liam Williams one, I'm not necessarily worried about it right now. I don't think that's, that's a, a no-go. Um Jamie Roberts, coronavirus, it's got it. Oh, yeah. Got the old corona, got the old COVID. Um, from what I've read, though, he's got no symptoms. He's, he's not feeling unwell. He's just tested positive. Of all the players, though, that's the one I'd imagine because he was working in the hospitals and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he volunteered in the hospitals and stuff. So, yeah, apparently, uh, so that, that's unlucky for the Dragons because they're going to be missing him probably for the next two games. Um but maybe give him a chance to sort of get used to the environment and things. So, yeah, a bit disappointing. Hopefully he gets better. And then the last one, because obviously there's, there's been a, a lot of people talking about this. So, obviously talking about Thomas Young. Uh, got man of the match for Wasps at the weekend. And I, I didn't see the game, but apparently had a, an absolute blind. Him and... Um... Jack so Willis. Brad Shields and Jack Willis. I actually thought Jack Willis was probably on the match person. I know I know um he did get give it given it though, Thomas Young's, but the three of them were just class, mate. All yeah. three of them were brilliant. Yeah. So 
Obviously, he because he, he, he hasn't got 60 caps, he signed a new contract with Wasps. So, basically, he, he, he gave up his, his international career, which I can't blame him because apparently there was no office from the, um, for the regions that had only reached out and offered him a contract. So, so can I, he not get, like, um, dispensation for that then? Because that's not his so, fault that he's not playing in Wales, is it? So, that, that, that's my point with... I know your opinion on the 60... You don't like the 60-cap rule. No. G- Gatland, he states in his book, he did not want 60 caps and he got overruled by his bosses. So, the 60-cap rule thing, the way I look at it is, I believe it, it has worked. What anyone may want to say, there is a lot of players who come back to Wales um, because of it. My opinion, I, I think 60 caps is is far too high. Um, if there was to have a 60, if you were going to have a cap rule, I'd have it down at sort of 20, maybe 30 caps. Something that you can get in a, 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 you know, in a good few seasons or someone who's recently got into the team. 30 caps is easily, 20, 30 caps is easily gettable nowadays. There's, you know, was it five games in the, in the Six Nations? Then you used to play three tests in the summer. Four tests in the winter, you know, you can you can you can get some caps there. So that that's my opinion on it. My thing with Thomas Young is, um, because he didn't get offered contract, that is that he should he should the the, the rule shouldn't uh, be there for him. He should still have the opportunity to play for Wales. It, it's not his fault that the regions didn't go after him. From the region side, because I know you text me saying I can't believe. He can't play for Wales, and I can't believe he's not a region. We don't know the ins and outs of the regions and stuff, but I've just written down here sort of the comp. I haven't written down the number eight because he, he plays six or seven, doesn't he? Yeah. So I'll, I'll quickly just go. This is what the regions really have got in sort of talent in the back rows, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by one team didn't didn't try and sign him because. So if you've got Cardiff, obviously if they're all fit. You got Alice Jenkins, Josh Navidi, Ollie Robinson, Will Boyd. They sort of your senior players. They, I mean, they're all really class players. And then they've got two youngsters there. So you got Lewis Hughes and uh, Jim Botham, which is uh, Ian Botham's grandson. Um, you got the Scarlets. You got James Davis, Aaron Shingler, uh, Blade Thompson, Josh McLeod, Dan Davis, Jack Morgan. The Dragons, they've probably got some of the best talent. They've got Ollie Griffiths, Ross Moriarty, Tane Basham, Aaron Wainwright, Harrison Keddy. And the Ospreys, I don't know why the Ospreys didn't sign him. Because you've got Tipperick, Ollie Cracknell, Dan Lydiot, who's getting on a bit, and Sam Cross. I just don't know why they haven't signed him. Now, I think with the other regions, what we don't know is, with the other regions, you've got um, some solid sort of your first teamers and they've got some really good youngsters and the Ospreys have been struggling so much I just don't see where he can't make a difference for them yeah it's mental. and I, th- I think what, what the Cardiff Scots and Dragons I think they've spent their salary cap let's say that you know the, the wages the money on other areas because they see that as a stronger that's like some of their strong areas but the Ospreys, I just can't believe that. Like, I'm like you, I just can't believe they haven't signed him. Whether, whether their budget's low, I know they, they got took over uh, by some new people. 
Um, I think it's crazy they didn't go for him. I, I think it's class. I think I think um, a bit like uh, I, he should have had more opportunities for Wales, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's if we're all honest, it's probably one of Wales's uh, strong points. The back row, there's so many very good options. You you know. Tipperick's a world-class player, but then you've got sort of your Navidis, your Moriarty's, your James Davis's, your Shinklers, Ellis Jenkins, if he's fit, uh, Wainwright. Uh, you know, there's so many good players. But yeah, he should definitely be in there. Uh, my opinion is the rules should be brought down between 20 and 30 caps. But if you don't get offered a contract by the regions, the rule doesn't count for you. It's not his fault. But yeah, agreed. It, it benefits... It benefits um, Benefits Ross, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And he's been class for uh, this. The thing is, he's been class for years. He's been unlucky with Wales because they're such it's such a strong area. But he should have been given a more of a chance, in my opinion. It was a bit like I think it was a bit like the James Davis when he was really on form. He should have been getting a game for Wales because he was he was the best out and out seven really. Um, and I feel the same. With it. I feel the same with Thomas Young. I think the times he's, I think he got a start against Italy in the Six Nations, and it wasn't necessarily running out with our full, our big hitters sort of thing. So I feel sorry for players when they don't when they we're talking about Danny Care. I feel sometimes feel sorry because you've got you, you're playing with a lot of the people who are trying to impress, and everyone's probably trying too hard. Whereas I think if he was given a chance with our big hitters, he'd probably just he'd have a chance to stand out. That's, that's my opinion. And yeah, I think it's a loss for Wales. I think it's a huge loss. And to me, I cannot believe the Ospreys didn't go. If I go through all the other teams, I just look at them and go, yeah, you've got loads of talent, youngsters and good pros. Um, and they're just, yeah, baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. Class player. But he's been a class player for the last few seasons. Sound. So that's all the news for the week. There was quite a bit actually, which was nice. We'll have to see what comes of it really. Uh, with some of it. So um, we'll move on. And this week we were, we're we're previewing sort of the uh the Pro 14 games that are on this weekend. We were hope we were both hoping we, we thought the teams would be announced by tonight, but uh, they're getting announced at midday tomorrow. <laughs> so we've jumped the gun a little bit. We could have done this last night. But well, we could have done this last night, yeah. So <laughs> I ended up going out last night then though, so. Um, so yeah, so obviously we can't go on there. We can obviously speculate, we can talk about um how we think the teams might line up, we can speculate and we obviously we can talk about the players that have come in, gone out. Um um, and we'll try our best. There's, there's a few rumours and stuff going around of uh, positional changes, which I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll have a good chat about. So, do you want to go first? You've only got two teams, haven't you? So. Yeah, yeah, can do, yeah. So, obviously, um, it's the 1872 Cup. It's a three-game uh, series, I suppose. So, they're tied one all. Glasgow won the first one, 2016, on the 21st of December. And then Edinburgh on the second one, uh, 29-19 on the uh, 28th of December. Both uh, regional games. Second game is really good. Probably most noted for um, 
Darcy Graham's try off uh, Bill Matter's offload, just out the right arm. Unbelievable. Um, but for me, uh, this game is I, it can all. I think it can only go one way. It's being played at Murrayfield, um, which should help Edinburgh. Though plenty of the Glasgow players were played there um, enough, um, and um, I, I can only see it going one way. I like Edinburgh. Edinburgh win. Um, they've just got the. They've, they've probably done the better business um, in the close season or during the the um, during COVID. Um, the back row is just miles, miles better than um, for the whole forwards, really. I'd say second row. I think um, Glasgow can probably hold their own. Um, but like even Edinburgh's backs, you know, with Duan, Darcy Graham, King or, um, you know, I just, I don't see, I just think they'll bully, they'll bully Glasgow up front and then look to like, get the likes of Duan and Graham and King on into the game. Um, I think the Edinburgh team, is the easy, easier one to pick as well in terms of you're picking the 15. I think the only real question marks is whether Schumann or Sutherland starts um, at Lucid. Other than that, it's McAnally and Nell. Uh, Gilchrist and Tunis in the second row and a back row of Richie, Watson and Bradbury. Um, I think that's self-explanatory. I think um, 9 and 10 is going to be Pergos and Jacob van der Volt. And then um, centres, obviously Matt Scott's gone. Um Again, mention him every pod. Um, so it'll be um, George Taylor, uh, Mark Bennett, centres I'd expect, with Duan on one wing, Darcy Graham on the other, and King on fullback, which is a, it's a really, really strong squad. So I think normally Schumann would have started, um, Luce had, but I think because of how good Sutherland was in the Six Nations, um, it, it'll probably be food for thought for, for, um, for Cockers on who he picks. That's for me. That's only like fifty-fifty decision. I think the rest pretty much pit themselves. Um, I think Edinburgh's forwards will will, will look to dominate uh, and just and bully them up front. And it's for Glasgow to be able to get anything out of this game. They really, really need their for, their forwards needs to need to um, to turn up and, uh, and and at least get parity with Edinburgh. Um, so looking at the who I think then Glasgow will pick, and they'll probably go Ollie Kebble. Uh, Fraser Brown and Xander Fagson, which in fairness is is a decent front row. Uh, Ollie Kebble eligible for Scotland soon as well. Um, now Leone Nakarawa is out. He's um, in Fiji. It's in Fiji, isn't he? Yeah, he's, um, I think he's he's just had a kid or something. Like that. And then uh, I think because of all the flights and things like that, it's it's been hard. He's not been able to get back. It's not the same situation that it was at Racing. They have been in contact and things. I think even Danny Wilson's been making the odd joke about it in his press conferences. Um, the back row, this is where I'm struggling. I don't know who who they'll pick. I've gone with Wilson, Flockhart and Fagerson as the um, as the back row. I think Wilson will play. Um, he's been made co-captain with Fraser Brown, so I think he'll play. Um, and then nine, I think they'll go Price. Over George Horn with Hastings at ten. Hastings obviously picks himself. Sam Johnson. So this is where it gets thingy. So I would have gone Sam Johnson and uh, Hugh Jones, but the rumours are that Hugh Jones is going to be playing fullback. Which, you know, if if there's a lot of broken play, like, and he gets the ball in space, like, unbelievable counter attack. You know, absolutely unbelievable, and he could be a real threat. Um, I've never seen him under a high ball. That's not to say he can't do it. And I've never seen him kick the ball. However, when he was at, was it Stormers he used to play for, I think, wasn't it? 
Yeah, um, he did cover on the wing for Stormers. I think he might have played on the wing for Glasgow. Um, so, you know, I know it's being on the wing isn't the same as fullback, but, you know, you field some high balls and wing and you, you might get the odd kick here and there. But I've never seen him kick it. So that'll be interesting if he does play there. So I, so if he is fullback, then I'd go Johnson and I think it'll be Nick Grigg because I think Carl Stain's injured. Otherwise, I'd give Carl Stain a shot there. And then on the wings, I've gone with Tommy Seymour and... Uh, uh, Nico, um, so yeah, um, I think like the backs, you know, the the backs are is uh, the the backs are probably slightly. Would you say slightly better? I'd say the wing. I'd say I'd say um, Edinburgh's got a better back three, but um, I'd say um, Glasgow got a better nine ten, and probably the centres at the moment, if it was with exception of maybe Grig. But I'm really looking forward. If it is Hugh Jones at fullback, I'm looking forward to see what he does there. I just don't think it's a good move for his career because he ain't going to oust Stuart Hogg. And obviously, Kinghorn's got a lot of lot of lot of miles, in, you know, in in the bank to go with um, being a fullback. He's only about 23 years old, Blair Kinghorn, so he's seen as um, Stuart Hogg's long-term successor. Um, I, I I suggested that someone like Pete Horn could maybe do a job at fullback. Um, reasonable under a high ball, could play second receiver, uh, decent boot on him. I just don't know if he's got the wheels to play fullback. Um, he ain't the quickest, um, so he may he may struggle in that sense. But he's he's reasonable defensively as well. So if I was picking, I'd maybe try Pete Horn out in that position. But hey ho. But as I said, yeah. for me, I do think it'd be a bit of an arm wrestle up front to start with, which I think Edinburgh should edge. Well, should more than edge, and then uh, it'll just be whether they can get the likes of Duhan, Darcy Graham, and Kingle into the game um, to make things happen. Yeah, so I just realised as well I've pricked Bradbury ahead of Bill Matter, so I wouldn't do that. I'd have put Bill Matter at eight, not Bradbury. Sorry. Yeah, not a chance. Mm. <laughs> I forgot about Bill Matter. Uh, so yeah, Bill Matter would be at eight. Not, yeah. yeah, not a chance. Um... <sighs> So the Hugh Jones thing. Let's let's because you texted me this the other day, and I think we uh, you commented about something. It was on Twitter, wasn't it? I saw. That. I think Cammy Cammy yeah. from where the uh, Scottish rugby blog put it yeah. on there. That's where you, you replied about Peter Horn, didn't you? Yeah. So if if you're Edinburgh, every ball's going right on top of Hugh Jones, isn't it? Now, obviously, like you said, we don't know what he's like under a high ball. And I know he's played a bit of wing, but when Ireland played England, was it the Six Nations? Henshaw went fullback, didn't he? Henshaw was a 15. Growing up, he played 15 for Connell, got converted to centre. He went back to 15. And this is a guy who's played 15, played 15 for most of his, his youth career. It's not necessarily just about the high ball. It's not necessarily ju- about his kicking ability. It's positioning. Yeah. The best, the best fullbacks in the world. It's something um, Hog doesn't necessarily always have. Like, Hog is like top two fullbacks in the world. Let's say positioning when obviously in defence and stuff. It's something that um, uh, is a good example. All right, half penny. So take away half pennies. Attacking half penny's positional play and his defensive play as fullback is he's probably one of the best, if not the best in the world, in that doing that sort of thing. 
that's where I think he might struggle is when people are kicking for corners and things like that, like, or they're close on the line. And it's, there's a, there's a lot more to it, isn't there? But I mean, if I was Edinburgh, I would be dropping bombs on him all day long. So I think you'll probably find, if he ends up playing fullback, I reckon one of the, one of the wings will be dropping back to, to help him out. I mean, the thing is, he could have been, we're saying this, and he could have been playing fullback. So I think they've probably had little, little friendlies and stuff, haven't they, while they've been doing sort of this mini pre-season. Yeah, in-house he might games have been that, yeah. He might have been unreal, so we don't know really. I just think if you look at a player like as, as good as Robbie Henshaw is and played that position, and England made him look stupid, basically. So it's quite a gamble. But what I will say is, is, is as big of a gamble it is, and I know it's a big gamble, for Glasgow, and it's the same as I'll say about the Welsh teams, these are kind of like warm-up games, pre-season friendly, just to kind of get new signings in and trying to get uh, everything they've worked on, you know. So it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing to do. I'm with you, I agree with it. The fact that he is, it's not good for his international career because there's no chance of getting ahead of Hog. You're probably right. Unless he does something unbelievable, he's not getting ahead of King Orn either. So I think you've got to hope it's kind of just to see if he can do it, if there's injuries. I don't know Glasgow's position on sort of all the, the backs and stuff, whether they're a bit thin on. But who'd usually be playing fullback for him? Well, that's the point. So, Glenn Bryce played there towards the end of the season. Um, they've never really replaced Hogg when he left. And then, obviously, you had Rui Jackson was playing there as well. Um, right, yeah. But Rui Jackson's yeah. obviously retired. Um, Should have gone for Maitland. They did. I thought Maitland signed a contract with Saracens, didn't they? That's what I mean. I'm surprised they, they, they didn't go for Maitland. They wouldn't have been able to afford Maitland. Maitland would be on decent, decent wedge at, um, at Saracens. Maybe he won't be a big earner for Saracens. But what he's doing at Saracens uh, compared to what Glasgow can offer, it's not going to be in the same thingy. Plus, playing for Saracens now, Maitland's not going to play every week. He's going to get well looked after there. Um, so, so, you know, why, why, why would he? But, I mean, Seymour can do a job at fullback. He's probably not the best kicker, but he's very good under a high ball. Um, Stapp him at Dow. Um, he played under 20s. He was a fullback for He's a bit of Henshaw, I suppose, in the fact that he was a under 20s. Um, Fullback for Scotland, but he's only like 22 now, so he's, he's probably not been away. But he's like converted into centre. Yeah. Probably not been away from playing fullback for as long as uh, Henshaw was. So they've talked about him doing a job there. Um, Glenn Bryce, um, like I say he played the last few games of the season at fullback. He was a sevens player. He, he did all right, I thought, and he's he signed on for another season. So um, you, you don't know what. Obviously, this like you were saying for, for Glasgow. There's not really much in this. They could they could play a couple of young lads. They could put um, you know whoever they want at fullback really just to try it and see how it works. But I mean, if I was Hugh Jones, I suppose if they're saying to him, "Look, you ain't playing centre, so it's fullback or nothing," he's going to be like, "Well, all right, I'll play fullback." But if I was Hugh Jones, I'd be like, "Look, I want to play number thirteen. I'm better than Nick Grigg, so give me that shirt." Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this is I mean, this isn't a question to wind you up or anything. I'm just. From where they were, do you think Glasgow is a bit of a club in decline? Yeah, oh, massively. Um, so they've just not been backed. So it's like they won the, the Pro 12 2015-16 or whenever, around that time. And, um, you know, I mean, if you think about who they've lost, 
they've lost Stuart Hogg, Finn Russell, three, the Johnny, three best players, Johnny Gray. You know, yeah, class, three best I mean, they made a bit of a statement by getting Nakawaro back, but that's probably taking all their budget. Um, but they, they've not replaced. I mean, I don't mind them not replacing Finn Russell because Hastings is there, and I'm happy with Hastings. You know, because he needs the game time and, and things like that. Yeah. But they haven't got like a they haven't got like a reserve ten. Pete Horn's the reserve ten, but he's actually a centre. You know, he's not a ten. You know, Brandon is it Brandon Thompson? He's garbage. So like, if anything happens to Hastings, come come. So basically, come Six Nations time or the Eight Nation tournament, things that are, Pete Horn is playing ten for Glasgow, but and which is a bit harsh on Pete Horn because he's a centre. You know, he can do a job at 10, but he's a centre. Um, they've not replaced, you know, so whereas before, Scotland had, Finn, and Finn, Glasgow had Finn Russell starting 10 with Hastings on the bench. Come on, I'm happy with that. The Glasgow don't have that anymore. Um, like I said, they've lost Johnny Gray. They brought Richie Gray back, so it's not too bad. Uh, they need they need a couple of the Edinburgh back rows they could bring in, but it's it's like Glasgow did all this. They got to like a really, really good level where they were like, you know, they're probably the second best team in the Pro 14, really, after Leinster, you know, and they were starting to do all right in Europe. And it's like, they've just taken a massive backward step. With Edinburgh, have gone from being like, finishing near the bottom, Cockers and Cutters come in, you know, turned them into a far better team. And now it's like, it feels like Edinburgh being more supported by the SRU. Than, it's like, maybe they're taking it, maybe it's cycles. Maybe Glasgow had their backing from the SRU. And now it's Edinburgh's turn. Change the funding. Yeah, rather than backing them both. I don't know how it works, if I'm honest. So, but that's what it seems like, what it feels like. Have Glasgow signed anyone? Richie Gray? Richie Gray. Richie Gray. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Did they sign? They probably signed one or two like youngsters and things like that. Uh, yeah. Rufus McLean, I think he got signed. Uh, he's got another 20 players. Uh, they brought in a couple of players, didn't they? Who, Edinburgh? Yeah, uh, I know. Mean, obviously, they have brought in a few, but I can't remember the names off the top of my head. Being honest, yeah. but Edinburgh, yeah, Edinburgh haven't needed to bring in like, like look, look. Right, so if the season was finished now, Edinburgh finished the second best team in the Pro Fourteen, and Glasgow finished about the seventh or eighth best team in the Pro Fourteen. Two years ago, Glasgow were the second or third best team in the Pro Fourteen. Edinburgh were eighth or ninth or something like that. So it's like the pro- it's yeah. proper flipped on its head. It's Glasgow yeah. that needs the, the funding and things like that now. I mean, but then we say, talk about funding, Edinburgh couldn't keep hold of Matt Scott because the money wasn't there and they got rid of him. So, yeah, how- still, still a strange move, that isn't it? Still a strange move. But... You know, and, and Edinburgh as well, they couldn't get another 10 in. You know, they've got Jacko van der Vault and then they've had to bring in Nathan Chamberlain, Scotland under 20, to be their backup 10. So me yeah. and Glasgow haven't got a backup ten. It's Pete Horn. Well, Pete Horn's a lot more experienced playing at that level at ten than Nathan Chamberlain. So it's. it's uh... I suppose it's the same as like obviously we were talking about Thomas Young's not having a contract in the regions. We don't know what what the budgets are. Obviously, the money's probably a lot less. Um, it might be the same for so, so Glasgow. They might have thought we need a second row. So Richie Gray's there, and imagine Richie Gray's on. On a pretty decent wedge, to be fair, because he's come out back from France. Probably took his brother's money. He's probably took his brother's money. So, um, obviously, you don't know, do you? Like, they might have spent quite, I'd imagine they spent a lot of budget trying to get Nakarawa back. Yeah. He'll be on unreal money. And he's a class player. So, um, 
But yeah, I mean, I suppose like Glasgow basically lost their three best players in three straight years, haven't they? Yeah. Lost Russell, then lost Hogg the year after, and then obviously lost Johnny Gray, which I think we'd all agree is probably the three best players, isn't it? So, yeah, it's quite um, it's quite a turnaround for uh, for Glasgow. Edinburgh obviously looking looking good, aren't they? So, well, coaches, whether they can keep hold of Cockle now, because he's starting to uh, his name's starting to come back into it. He had a bit of a rough end to his time at Leicester. Yeah, he's come out and oh, said uh, that he wants to see the job through. Hasn't he? so Dodson is. Uh, Offering extended contracts to Townsend and Cockers, and Cockers Cockers has got a year left. But he was saying, like, you know, the the age of the players of the squad now, you know, he wants is at that stage where they're going to be around for the next few years. So he's like, I'll be. He said to her, like, I'll be buggered if I'm going to let someone come in and like ride on my coattails, basically. So it sounds like he's going to sign a new contract, which will mean he'll be there for three more years now. And at the end of the day, I mean. You're probably right because you're 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 a Glasgow fan, aren't you? But you should you, you support Edinburgh because you want to see Edinburgh do. Yeah, I'm not like it's not like I'm a football like football. I'm an Everton fan and I only support Everton. Uh, yeah. With like um, with Glasgow and Edinburgh, I'm more of a Scotland fan. Um, so it's like I just want to see Glasgow and Edinburgh do well, um, particularly yeah. Scottish players. So I, I'm I'm a I'm a I, I would say I'm a. A Blues fan. I'm a Cardiff fan because I went to the one of my first rugby games I ever went to. I was at the Arms Park and it was the first ever Heineken Cup final. It was Cardiff versus Toulouse. So from that day, I was kind of I'm a Cardiff fan, but at the same time, I want to see all the regions do well. I want to see them all have good teams. You know what I mean? I'm not kind of because I'm not from you know I'm obviously not from down there, so you know. It's a little bit different for fans down there, isn't it? You know, for me, I am a Cardiff fan. I'm a Blues fan, but I want to see, I want to see the Dragons do well. I want to see the Scarlets do. I, you know, I was happy when the Scarlets won the Pro 14, and then we get into semi-finals in the um, what's well, not called the Heineken Cup, is it? But you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I, I mean, I think, I think this first weekend, I think the line would be some good rugby, or it'll be terrible. Um, going from watching the um, Super Rugby in New Zealand and what I've heard from the start of the Premiership, people getting used to um, the breakdown being refereed a bit more tightly. So there's been a lot of penalties. Leicester, 16 penalties on the bounce the other day. Um, that's a lot of penalties just in one game, let alone on the bounce. So I think from both games, I think, like you say, I think you're going to probably first half might not be the best. The best rugby, and obviously, hopefully, weather isn't too bad because that can also affect the car, it really. So, All right, yeah. So, what's your prediction? Edinburgh to win, Edinburgh by between 10 and 15. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So, obviously, moving on to the Welsh regions. So, the Saturday is the Scarlets versus the Blues, and on the Sundays, the Dragons versus the Ospreys. So for the Welsh regions, there's been quite a lot of um, quite a lot of change, really. Um, obviously, Osprey's got a new coach. Uh, there's lots been lots of players in and out, a lot of activity. Um, so I'll quickly, uh, because obviously the Welsh teams have been a bit more active, haven't they, with players in and out than the Scottish team? So I'll I'll, I'll run through a few of them before I obviously talk about the games. Um, start with the Scarlet because they're probably the strongest region. Um, obviously brought back Liam Williams like we've said and we'll have to see what happens there brought in Johnny Williams Tyler Morgan 
Callum Afoni, who has been one of the best back rows in the Premiership. <laughs> brought the young lad Sam Costello um, lost Hadley Parks which is probably a big loss because he's been he's been just a consistently good player for the Scarlets from whenever he, whenever he arrived from Auckland and obviously for Wales as well but they also lost a young lad called Corey Baldwin he played under 20s for Wales looked like an amazingly good young player he's gone to Exeter though so um, unfortunately for them Um Scarlet's looking strong again, to be fair. The players they brought in, um, they lost Parks and Fonatier, actually. Replacing with Johnny Williams and Tyler Morgan. It'd be nice to see sort of Tyler Morgan. He, he's my kind of player to watch for the Scarlet's this year in the sense that I'm hoping he will develop a bit. He's had a lot of bad injuries, so maybe a change of scenery and stuff. Hopefully develop. And nice to see Johnny Williams as well. Um and they're playing uh, the Blues, aren't they? So the Blues, they haven't really been as active, uh, but they've signed Corey Hill. I mean, that's a top-class sign. I think he's turned into a, a top international player now. Resigned Reese Carey, which is huge. I think he's just he's got he's got potential to be a bit of a Lions bolter in that third sort of loose head spot. He's got the potential to be an unbelievable. Um, prop for the future and then we've signed a young uh, fly-off well fly-off from Worcester called Luke Scully he looks like a decent player obviously hard to sort of, sort of judge because he is young but it's sort of position that they need um, strengthening with and obviously when they play on, on the, they play on the Saturday Cardiff to me they're still missing I think they're still missing a big bruising bastard of a second row um, Corey Hill, I think like, I think he's a class player. I think he adds so much to the to the team leadership, and obviously he's, he's a good player. Um, I think Cardiff's backs, when they're all fit and firing, I think their their backs are a class. You've got Thomas Williams, um, oh, what's his name? Jared Evans at fly off. That's a good young combination. Uh, wingers, you've got. Um, Hallam Amos and Josh Adams or Owen Lane. Centres, Halaholo, Ray, uh, Ray Lilo and Matthew Morgan or Amos at fullback. So I think the backs are good. I think they're a little bit, still a little bit lightweight in the forwards. Um, if I was going to predict the teams like you, um, I'd probably, so if I picked the Cardiff team from what's available, I'd probably be Carre, Daisy and Dylan Lewis in the front row. So it's a young Young, loose head prop and tight head prop still probably trying to learn the trade. Um, Corey Hill and Rory Thornton in the second row. The back row, um, I don't think Alex, they've said Alex Jenkins isn't fit, so probably Navidi Robinson. And hopefully, there's a player called Sam Moore. He's my player to watch for Cardiff. Um, he's a number eight who uh, Eddie Jones described as. Um, being very similar to Kieran Reid so if he's even half the player that Kieran Reid was I reckon he'd be a, a top player he's had a lot of injuries um, but he was with he was with England but he, he was born in Cardiff and his dad and his uncle played for Wales so he's come back to Cardiff and that's the sort of player that we need to kick on because um, I think like most most international teams um, you need a, a big uh, number eight to carry the ball and he's, he's 
I think he's six foot four and 18, 19 stone, so he's a bit of a lump. So hopefully he can stay fit and kick on with the um, with the potential. And the Scarlets team, to pick them really, I think they'll go, I reckon... I reckon they'll go half penny at full back. Liam Williams and McNichol on the wings. If Jonathan Davis is fit, I think they'll go Johnny Williams and John Davis. Gareth Davis and Patzel in the backs. That's top class. That is a top class back back line, that really. Except for Johnny Williams, all internationals. Um, all Welsh internationals. So where do you think Patzel will play? 10. 10, all right. Yeah, ten with Gareth Davis. Um, forwards, I love Rob Evans, but I don't. I think Win Jones has, has got the number one shirt. So we Win Jones, Ken Owens, Samson Lee. Hopefully, is another one I like to see kick on. Second row would probably be. I think Jake Ball's injured, so it'd be the two Islanders. So it'd be Lousy and uh, Ratuva. I think his name is. Hopefully, I got that right. And then. Um, the back row, I mean, I wrote them down before. I'd imagine the back row just from fitness. Probably be James Davis, Blade Thompson and Callum Lafoni or Kazim, who's there, Kazim. So, yeah, the Scarlets. The Scarlets have got, they've got the strongest squad in Wales. They've got internationals on the bench. Um, I can only see one winner, really. Um, I'd like to see Cardiff win because I said before that's all my team but it's got hopefully it's a good game they both like to play they both like to throw the ball around so if I predict it I'd predict a Scarlet's win I just think uh, strength and depth wise uh, they've got a better team Um, uh, so yeah I think Scarlet's by about 10 to 15 as well if I'm honest Um. If you look just through their team, I think out out the the, the players are picked there. I think every single one's an international. Um, obviously, Blade Thompson, Kilty Kiwi, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, he seems to be quite injury prone. Very, very. He didn't, very he didn't tear up any trees in the World Cup, and uh, you know he wasn't yeah. in the. I don't think he even made the Six Nations squad, but I don't know if he was fit or injured uh, in the Six no, Nations. He had a lot of he had a lot of concussion injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you actually get to watch him when he's fit and fully fully flying, he's some player. He's some player. As in, like in open rugby, like in an open game, he's an unbelievable back row. He's kind of in the moulded Tipperick, I'd say. Um, as his sort of uh, his sort of play, so. Yeah, I can only see the Scarlets win then. And then the game on Sunday, uh, it's the Dragons versus the Ospreys. And this was the game, in years gone by, this was the game you, you just ticked the Ospreys. But I think the shift in power there, I think Ospreys are very much in the mould of, of Glasgow. Uh, a bit of a declining team. Um, and the Dragons' um, recruitment over the summer, I think it's been top class. So just reading through these, you've got Nick Tompkins, however much he plays, uh, Jonah Holmes, Jamie Roberts, uh, Joe Maskimew, uh from Connor, which a lot of people have heard of, but, you know, six foot eight, 19, 20 stone second rows. Um, 
don't grow on trees. So he could he could be uh, he could be a bit of a, a wild card player. And then they signed a, a young prop from uh, from Gloucester who was highly rated there called Harry Fry, young loose head. Um, I have to wait and see if he makes a difference. And then there's still question marks over um, if Will Rowlands will, will sign and uh, Greg Bateman, who was playing at uh, Leicester. Um, obviously, they've lost Corey Hill and Tyler Morgan, but I think they've replaced them players. Um, Corey Hill's a big loss. I think if they get Will Rowlands, um, you might see a difference, but Corey Hill's a big loss for him. But overall, I mean, they've changed their uh, coaching staff. So they've got, uh, I think they've got Mevin Davis on the forwards, who was highly rated at Worcester. They've got Gordon Ross, a bit of Scottish. He's the attack coach. We'll have to see uh, how that turns out. Um, so a lot of change at the Dragons, but to me, it's a lot of positive. Um, I think with the Dragons, it's I think for them, it's building a squad. Uh, I think they've always had a decent team, a decent first 15 if everyone's fit, but underneath that has not necessarily been the same quality. If I flip it to the Ospreys now, I think they've signed well as well. So bringing Reese Webb back, that's huge. I think we all know if Reese Webb's fit and he's, he's, he's on fire, he's one of the best scrum halves in the Northern Atmosphere. Um, they've signed a couple of uh, youngsters from Bath and Bristol. So they signed a, a second row, Reese Davis. He's been playing for a lot for Bath's first team. Um so hopefully he'll kick on. He's, he's a youngster. And then they signed a player from Bristol called Matt Prothero. He's kind of fullback wing slash fly off. He was a fly off when he was younger. Um, but at fullback, he's sort of in the mould of Damian McKenzie, quite small, but unbelievably quick, fast feet. He's my player to watch for the Ospreys. And they've obviously signed Stephen Myler, 35 try to bring some experience in because they haven't they've got a lot of youngsters um, and for me the Ospreys yeah they're, they're a team in sort of decline I mean um, they have got a lot of internationals and that's probably their problem I don't think I think if Alan Wynne Jones plays this weekend it's the first league game he'll play this, this season <laughs> Um. so I think he obviously after the World Cup he had time off went to play I think he played your <laughs> Played Europe for them and then went to the Six Nations and then COVID happened. So, um, yeah, the Ospreys, um, from where they were, when they were competing for titles year in, year out, and I think they are, they either still are, or I think Leinster might have took over, they were the most successful team in the Pro 12. Um, yeah, massive drop-off for them. Um just been destroyed by injuries, um, whether that's something to do with their training. There's been a lot of uh, stuff going on behind the scenes with coaches. Um, but they seem to sign Toby Booth to be their coach and he seems to uh, might uh, be able to get hold of them because there's still a lot of talent there. There's, there's a lot of players. So my player to watch, I put Matt Prother over, it could be Keelan Giles. He needs to come back on the scene after hitting his knee. You don't know what's going to happen with Anscombe. There was an interview with Toby Boo today. He was not putting a timeline on it, but they're hoping to have him play this season. 
Well, the sounds of it, they opened time to play this year, um, which would be good because that, that's basically a new signing for the Ospreys, isn't it? Because he, he hasn't played since he signed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can only see it going going one way. I, I, I actually quite fancy the Dragons and a bit like Edinburgh. Um, back in the day, you probably would never tip, you wouldn't tip Edinburgh in a lot of games. And that was the same with the Dragons. The Dragons always seemed like a sort of a feeder club almost. I probably offended quite a few people from Newport there. Um, but they seem to be making big strides. Dean Ryan seems to have, have, have really got hold of the club and made a big difference. So I think the Ospreys will have the big guns out. So, you know, you'll have your Alan Jones and your Tipperick and stuff and Leith Webb. Um, but I couldn't even... I couldn't even Try and predict the Ospreys team, to be honest. If I was going to have a, a, a crack at it, it'd be Nicky Smith, Sam Parry. This is all dependent if they're fit. Um, I, I wouldn't even know their tight ends are. Majority of people should be fit, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, some people, obviously, it's, it's, if people have come off bad injuries, and some of them are. Some of them are so. I'd imagine Alan Jones and Adam Beard. That's a, that's a top class second row. Uh, back row is probably going to be uh, Tipperick. Maybe Cracknell over Lydia or Lydia. We've got a good young number eight there, Morgan Morris. He's quite young. He's, he's not like the biggest number eight, but he's a bit. Um, someone compared him to sort of a young Sean O'Brien the other day, which would be nice if we can uncover, uh, uncover a Sean O'Brien. He was class. So. Um, the backs, Reese Webb at nine, obviously. The ten, I'd imagine it's going to be Myler. I can't imagine it's anyone else. Um, wings would probably be George North. I, don't, I can't even think of the Ospreys players. That's how bad it is. Maybe that Prothero. Dan Evans at fullback. Centres. Can't remember any of the centres either. Owen Watkins. How bad am I? I haven't done my research at all, have I? <laughs> it is, uh, it is 20 to 12. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the Ospreys, same again, I think if they can get all their players fit and on the pitch at the same time, which, is, which isn't going to happen over the season because players in Wales are, are well well looked after, probably maybe to the detriment of the region. Um, I think they've got a, a quality 15 if they're all fit and firing. I just don't think they've got the the strength and depth off the bench. If you are trying to compete to win leagues and in Europe, um, there's the Dragons. I'd imagine their their setup will probably be uh, Brock Harris at loose head prop, Elliot D at hooker. It'd be nice to see him kick on a bit more. Leon Brown. Um, he's got all the tools to be a top class tight head, but his scrummaging needs to come on. He's a young lad. Um, I'd imagine the second row will be sort of Matt Screech and Maskimu, the new lad. The back row, that, I mean, the talent in the back row the Dragons have got, I'd probably say it would be Wayne Wright, Ollie Griffiths, and Ross Moriarty. That top class back row, that. Ollie Griffiths, if he stays fit, will be in a Wales team in the next year or so. He's unbelievably good. Um, Halfbacks, Roger Williams and Sam Davis, that's an easy one. And then sort of 
in the in the back. So the pit, I would have picked Jamie Roberts, but it probably uh, it probably won't be Jamie Roberts. But I'd imagine Nick Tompkins plays, probably Jack Dixon, um, and then the back three. Jonah Holmes is probably going to be in there. I know Jordan Williams isn't fit, so um, I think they've got a couple of youngsters as well. So yeah, I, I'm I'm tipping the Dragons, tipping, tipping the Dragons to to win. There's a little bit of controversy, a little bit of niggle from the Dragons. Obviously, they apparently signed Jamie Roberts when they weren't meant to. Um, and obviously, it looks like a bit of bias because the Dragons are actually owned by the Welsh Rugby Union. Whereas the other three unions aren't. They are funded, but they're not owned by the Welsh Rugby Union. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of niggle out there as well. So, I'm just hoping... I'm just hoping for two sort of competitive good games. I just want to see a bit of rugby. It's just nice to have it back on the screen, isn't it? Yeah, big time. But my 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 tips for the weekend are Scarlets and Dragons both to win. But the Dragons Ospreys game maybe a bit closer. No, I'll go ten points. Dragons by ten. Scarlets by fifteen. Although I want the Blues to win. Yeah. I'm going Scarlets and Ospreys. Ospreys. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just see the changes at the Dragons. See Ospreys. They've got Toby Booth, so they've got a whole new coach in. It might take a bit of time for them all to sort of get used to the new coach. I think this will be good for them, though, uh, because they're going to basically two preseason friendlies, isn't it, really? Um, um, not that you can have pre-season friendlies in rugby we've said this haven't we it's not yeah. like you can there's no warm-up game because you can't go off hard can you um, but yeah it'd be interesting I'm, I, I'm, it'd be nice to have a bit more on um, not that we'll be watching it maybe maybe if you find a, an Irish bar they always have the rugby on yeah uh, well you'll be able to watch so your game the Scarlets lose 1500 isn't it 3 o'clock yeah, and Edinburgh, uh, Glasgow's half five, I think, no, quarter past five. But we're out, in yeah. Couple, aren't we? Monster Lancaster's on at sort of like half seven or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's on the late kickoff, isn't it? Yeah, so no, I'm just hoping for, for, for good games, wanted to get back on, and hopefully, it will start again at the start of October, and then we'll only have sort of a, a month's a month break. Um, It'd be sort of a taster, really. Um, I'd imagine, like I've said, the first half, I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of errors, a lot of whistle from the referee. Uh, hopefully the players adapt to it quickly and uh, we, we get some good games. Um, these are derbies at the end of the day as well, aren't they? So there's always going to be a bit of niggle. It's, there's a lot on the line, really, I think, because although there's not, like, so, so people say for Glasgow, there's nothing on the line. Well, there's, guess what? There's um. There's international fixtures in October. So, you know, this is a chance, like, there's a good chance for the Glasgow, uh, for all these games of the derbies, you're going up against someone that could be vying for your position. And if you get yep. the better of him, that could put you in the driving seat for your international place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, hey, for someone like the Scarlet, these two games are going to be invaluable for him because they're playing too long, depending on whether they're allowed to travel there, mind you, because obviously... COVID 
Um, and obviously for Edinburgh, it's the same thing. It's, it, I mean, they, they'll be playing in the playoffs as well, the Pro 14, and they've still got Europe. So it's more more valuable for Edinburgh um, because they'll need they'll need um, the hit up for it, won't they? They'll need that to who've, who've um, oh and the Dragons. Sorry, the Dragons are still in Europe as well. They're playing Bristol, which is going to be a yeah. tough game. Edinburgh um, got Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah I fancy him against Bordeaux. Home or away? Do you know? Away. Away, toughie, but. Uh, I fancy him against Bordeaux. I don't think Bordeaux is as strong as they have been, but away in France is always tough, isn't it? I, mean, yeah, I think they got beat. They were in the same group as well. And they got, I think they drew with them at home and got beat away. Right. Yeah. So Scarlet's are going to be. In, well, that might not happen either. You don't know if it's going to happen in France now either, yeah. do you? Because of because of what's happening. I know Dragons are away to Bristol and Scarlet's away to Toulon. So. All, all tough games. So these games are important. Like, to me, these games are really important because um, um, they've got to um, obviously gain some confidence if they can win and obviously give them some some uh, well-needed um, game time. So, yeah, interesting. Um, we've, tried to, we've tried to be as detailed, not me, because I can't even remember some of the players that play for the teams. Um yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about the 60 cap rule. I did put the question out on Twitter, but uh, let us know. Um, it's, it's usually quite um, divided. Um, some people think it's good. I, I, I think it has worked, but I think 60 caps is, is a lot. Um, and let us know what you think about um, uh, the games this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure when once the teams get announced, we'll put them on. Probably put them on the Instagram page, won't we? And put them on the uh, on the Twitter as well. Yeah. Uh, same again when you see the teams. Let us know if you're happy, if you're sad, if you don't really care. <laughs> just get in touch. Uh, get in touch. Good. Uh, we decided there's, there's no uh, jocks. Jocks. There's no taffs and jocks this week. Um, Mike wanted to save the embarrassment of me losing again. Thanks, mate. Say that again. You wanted to save me the embarrassment of losing uh, again. You owe two more forfeits, so I didn't want to put you on. Yeah, the well, look, oh, look, look at you getting all cocky. It took you three weeks. I've done that. I've only had one forfeit to do and I've done it. You, you know, you've had three forfeits to do. You've only done one. Yeah, and I did it in two weeks. So. Uh-huh, did it in two weeks, mate. So I'll do the other two this weekend. We're both out in Liverpool on the last pod on the piss. Um so I'll probably do them on the same day. <laughs> so uh, like, if anyone's got any drinking forfeits within reason, uh, yeah, let us know. I'll do some drinking forfeits this weekend or do something stupid in Concert Square in Liverpool or something. Someone um, said that you should be jet washed. Yeah. Yeah. Happy with that. Yeah, but like people won't understand it, will they? Unless I explain. It'd still be funny if we did a video of you getting jet washed in the face. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. In the face. Yeah, man, nah, that's not <laughs> Then you, what you should? Oh, no, well, you get a tattoo tomorrow. You should get Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod somewhere on your tattooed on you. I'll do it, me. Uh, I don't think you would. I'd, yeah, I'll, I'll get in initials. Initials. PPR <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> 
you, you just had some ink, mate, so why don't you... Um... Some ink. I'm not cool enough to you say that. I've had a, a cover-up on my tattoo done, yeah. So, yeah, you could get it done, couldn't you? I'm not on your arm. Yeah. you got big arms, haven't you? No. If we get some... Uh, we have to get a lot more followers for me to start getting tattoos of the uh, of the podcast on the, on my arm. Oh, but it's all right for me. Oh, yeah, you're an idiot. I'm all right. Oh, stop me. <laughs> oh. All right, on that note, we'll finish up. So, uh, yeah, get in touch. You know where we are. So you've got Facebook and Instagram, which is uh, Dragon Fistle Rugby. And you've got the Twitter, which is at DT Rugby Pod. Um, get in touch, let us know what you think. Give us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, like I say, we'll put the teams up. Let us know what you think. If you've got any ideas or anything you want us to talk about, because obviously we will be uh, reviewing the games week in, week in, week in, week out now, obviously for the next couple of weekends. Um, but if there's anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about that as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll see you Saturday, mate. Happy days, mate, yeah. See you Saturday. Yeah, I'll get, I, I might get into town early for you, mate, get you a, get you a table. I think we're coming in. a good guy like that. We'll be in reasonably early, I think. Yeah. I won't be working. I don't think I'll be working. No? Nah. I don't know. Let's see how my tattoo feels in the morning. I don't want to... I mean, I'm already getting a small thing, so it's all right, isn't it? Not like yours. It was six hours, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's about six hours. We stopped for lunch and that, so yeah, about six hours. Yeah, good. Um, I'm only doing three or four. I, I did seven and eight hours the first two I got done, so... Nice little three hours to be uh, gleaming. <laughs> All right, Sam. All right, great. Thanks very much for listening. Um, they say by next week we should have we should have uh, should be able to talk about the games and stuff. So I'll be probably watching rewatching the games hungover on Sunday morning. <laughs> fair one, mate. Fair one. Which will be fun. Which will be fun. All right then. Good. All right, nice one, mate. All right, mate. See you later. Bye. Right, in a bit, drop.